What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to another edition of GHB Spotlight here on JLJ Media. I am your host, of course, James Lodge Jr. Uh, and I want to welcome you to the show. We have a great show for you today. You know, I love talking to the actors past and now, well, present and now past members <laughs> of the show of General Hospital, our show ABC's General Hospital. But I also want to get to know him a little bit because he's also in a this small movie called Wakanda forever. Mm. Uh, he's in other acting gigs too. And we're going to find out more about him. And I'm so glad he he's joining me today. Michael Blake Cruz. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great. I appreciate you uh, bearing with this finally happening, but um, I'm grateful to be here with you, James. So you're a three, like me, I'm James Lodge here. We're three named people. So is that is that on purpose or is the, was that dictated? Because sometimes you'll size in the business, there's already a Michael Cruz or whatever. Yes. That. Yes, that's exactly. It, it was kind of a, a business move only because at the time of joining uh, sag After Union, um, you had to choose officially what your stage name would be. And when I simply Googled a Michael Cruz at the time, this writer from Florida always popped up in the search. So I just tried to avoid that um, and literally just asked my brother, what did he think? And he suggested Michael Blake Cruz. And I just stuck with it. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. That's right. They come in, siblings come in handy sometimes. For the uh, most part. I'm a big brother, too. So I do what I can to utilize them. Are you? Are you <laughs> I like that. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest of four. I'm, I'm a middle child, so I'm always like, help me. Somebody notice me. Oh, I could understand that. <laughs> I just like, like to utilize my like that. They're extensions of your arms and stuff. I like that. They always say with the siblings. Uh, but I want to actually want to start with your upbringing because I read somewhere, and of course, this could be wrong, so you can always correct everything be wrong. But were you born in Cap Pendleton? I was. Uh, both of my parents. Parents? That's right. Both of my parents were in the Marine Corps. Um, my... Mom got out, I think, just before I was born, and my dad worked in in California for another year or two. Um, but yeah, I just come from a military family. Both my brothers served. Uh, my brother just got out of the Navy. My other brother was also in the Marine Corps, um, and then just an extension of cousins and aunts and uncles. Yeah. What kind of what was your upbringing? I used to ask these people because I I come from a law enforcement family, so mm. I'm curious. Was your upbringing strict? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you, I think you know the answer to that. It sounds like, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty militaristic. Um, yeah, it was, it taught discipline. It taught, uh, taking responsibility for your actions. It was a lot of, uh, um, being on time or you're in trouble kind of thing. Yes. Pros and cons to it. For the most part, I'm very grateful for the way that I was raised. Um, but being a new father of a two-year-old right now and having another baby on the way, there are some things that I'm going to do a little differently um, because I think there's some benefits of giving some grace and having a little bit more patience and not being so rigid as well. But I love my parents to death and they did their best. Uh, so, so you know how to make a bed? What's that? You know how to make a bed? Oh, I know how to make a bed. I know how to do it well. <laughs> I started doing my laundry too at like 12. I was just- Yeah, I was like nine. I was like yeah, nine. You just, yeah. yeah, you just lean into that stuff because you know it's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I love asking those questions. Like it's kind of fun. Um, no, yeah, so that's okay. So you're oldest of four, and now if I read somewhere, you moved guys went to Iowa. You grew up in Iowa. Yeah, I kind of moved all over, and not because my parents in the military. My dad happened to be in a a position in production management that made us travel all over. But I've lived in I think five different states, but I do call Iowa home. That's where I've been most of my upbringing, and that's where most of my close family and friends happen to be as well. Well, we have a connection there. Again, folks, I don't know him. We've been talking about it. We don't know each other personally. But I used to go to Iowa. I used to okay. run conferences, farm and ag conferences in my former life. No kidding. Um, so I used to go to West Des Moines, Clive, you know, Des Moines. I used to go to Taco John's. My potato oh, oil. my gosh. Dude, I that, out of all places that I eat in Iowa, Taco John's is where I eat the most frequently. <laughs> my go-to is the six-pack and a pound. You get yep. You get you get six tacos, as you know, and a yes. pound of, of Olay's like, you know, the potato wedges for people that don't know how great Taco John's is. 
Oh, you guys don't even understand. The potato Olays are my favorite. You guys don't even understand. They're that's so, so good. That's so funny. Man, my respect is growing for you by the minute because See, we, have we, have we have a lot in common. We have a lot in common. I know. Yes. There's a connection. Like, really, yes. like, again, we did not plan this, folks. It's kind of funny. Um, but no, so I spent a lot of time there. I, I spent uh, over a 10-year period. We go several times a year, run these conferences, um, and I get to see the outer skirts and kind of all that. I love the Midwest anyway. But um, mm -hmm. when it comes to Iowa for you, go at home, what are a couple of things that you carry with you, you feel now out here in California? We always bring stuff with us when we go. Yep. yep. I think this the thing that I appreciate most about the town that I come from of a thousand people is just the very simple, content lifestyle that they live. Um, they don't really need or desire anything fancy or flashy. Um, there are many people that are financially successful, but that's not the root of their happiness and that's not their main pursuit. I think they found financing or finances, um, just through doing good work and serving people. Um, the other thing is there's just that Midwest nice quality. There is just a, I feel like a more pleasant, peaceful demeanor with people that come from that community. And it's probably practically because everybody knows each other. Um, but yeah, for the, I feel like that really, I guess in some way sets me apart from people that were raised in LA with a busy life. You know, there's uh, yeah. kind of a, a, a sense of humility that I, try to embrace i i know i the midwest everything you say is true i can try to tell people who've never been because i've been i have family all through the midwest i mean so i used to live in pittsburgh but i have family you know in ohio and indiana like so they try to tell them that the mid they always talk about middle america middle america i said most of middle america is super sweet they they're just they just take care of it. they're very nice take care of business you're part of the community they're very community minded very family oriented also mm -hmm um it's like i don't i don't know i just i just, I feel like when i go there i always have the best time mm -hmm. eat a lot of food um and you know i go when i'm always there or drink a lot when i'm there sure. uh and then i and i come home back to la and it's like you won't say hi to me out here no right. um, it just seems and i always say the mid i like the midwest and i feel really at home there and i just think that sometimes it's a bad rap in general like the midwest sure the midwest, because we're like oh, actually it's fine right yeah yeah i mean every place has trade-offs um right. And there's pros and cons of LA and there's some things that are, I've ha met some incredible, incredible people out here. And there's some beautiful aspects, of course, about a large city that you just don't have those luxuries in small town. But yeah, the older I get, and especially having uh, a daughter right now, it just seems like it makes more sense to try and raise our child in a, a community like that first. Um, I think that's kind of our goal. And I 100% want her to experience Los Angeles and other cities. And we're going to also make that a priority as she continues to get older. But yeah, there's just something about having all these resources there and this sense of uh, uh, community, like you said, that you just, you're taking care of and you have, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by millions of people here. And like you said, I speak to my neighbors less than a town of, you know, a thousand people where I have way more deeper, more meaningful connections, which is kind of ironic. It's true. What what is your ethnic background? I know it's Most, been talked about. So like like what like, like we were yeah. about the show, but like what is, what is it? Mostly Filipino, and oh. then basically Caucasian. Okay, very good. Yeah, very good. I was gonna ask you on the show, General Hospital. Did it did it give did it give you a race a race like a Cabrera? I was saying Filipino, but I mean like I don't know. Did they give you? Yeah, that? no, I don't think it was really. I think at the audition. It, it, the audition had a fake character name as well. I thought it might have leaned towards Hispanic or Latino. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think maybe in the process of casting me, they might have realized that I'm actually Asian yeah. and maybe try to choose an obscure last name. Because yeah. Cabrera and the ties with the, the Philippines and Spain, I could kind of understand that. So that was yes. maybe intentional. Yes, yes. I was, I was, I was wondering about that. Thing with that. Um, so, comments, okay, so you're in Iowa doing your thing. What made you decide to not go into military, player league, because you're a military family? You know, some of us go the opposite. I didn't want to do law enforcement, so I did other stuff. Or I, I actually went medical first, kind of. Did that. Mm -hmm. I had to go with my family, too. But what was your step to decide you want to come out to California and actually pursue? Yeah, most of my dreams at growing up were to play professional baseball. Oh, and okay. I learned quickly 
throughout my high school career, that was not going to happen. Um, I just, you know, you, you quickly, you know, I was quickly humbled when I wasn't yes. getting those D one offers. And yes. uh, um, so I ended up playing baseball at a, a small college in Iowa. And for whatever reason, I heard some ad on the radio, which is so foreign, foreign now. Right. But there was some, some pitch to get you to basically, uh, it was something like, "Hey, you want to work in Hollywood? Do you want to, do you want to work on sets and be an actor, model, and make a bunch of money?" Is what the pitch was, and I was like, "Yeah, of course, that sounds incredible." I'm very naive to the process and what this whole thing would entail. Yeah. Um, but basically, I just decided it sounded like a cool job, and uh, I went to this convention graciously with my mom, and she paid way too much money to meet these big time agents, uh, yeah, who, who supposedly had connections and stuff, and. Yes. <laughs> through being naive and also ambitious i just decided to pursue local work in the midwest and then i had made up my mind like my junior year of college that i was either going to move to chicago or los angeles and just and just do my best and see if i can make a career out of it it was never really a lifelong dream i was never formally trained and i had nobody in my family that was rel- uh, stereotypically artistic you know it was just, yeah. um very working class and so I just uh, made the jump, and I think I just built a career by trial and error and ambition. So, being so again, you you actually answered my other question. Like, there's nobody else in the family doing it. Uh, you said you come from certain. So you, but something inside you said, "I'm going to go ahead and go this artistic direction," which is very not everybody does it. I mean, or or I should say, a lot of people do do it also, but a lot of people don't do it either. They go that yes, way. It, it was an artistic direction, but my heart was not in uh creating art it was more about um it was truly about vanity and trying to make money and i thought it was a high status job you know it was it was for the wrong reasons and i think over the course of my career i find out what's important to me and what actually matters and what's actually going to give you a career that will thrive and give you a lifestyle that will be healthy um so the more i separated myself from getting a job that seemed cool and getting a job that makes me a lot of money actually found more people wanting to hire me after I was less desperate and in the room for the correct reasons, you know? That's a good lesson, actually. It's a very good lesson. Well, actually, several good lessons. Another good lesson, too, just for folks out there um, who want to go into professional sports, it's it, there's a million people trying to go into them. So, and it's folks you played since they were two years old and nine years old and everybody's trying for it. It's not, it's not easy. And so I'm, I always feel bad for some folks where they, they, they train, they play for years and it's, it's the percentage of folks actually. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting to that next level is very low, actually, compared to the world, right? I mean, it's a lot. Yes. And then when you even break it down even further, getting to that next level and then keeping your contract and making a living and yes. staying on the team yes. is even slimmer, you know? Yes. I, I like to use, I, I grew up playing sports and I often revert back to sport analogies with comparing it to people that work in Los Angeles and the entertainment as well, because um, it's a very foreign industry to most of my friends and family back in the Midwest. But there are very similar parallels with how saturated the market is and how difficult it is to really make a living in this both industries, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. No, it's you know, and a lot of folks I know who played sports. I played sports growing up too. We all, it, it's useful. It's useful today. Teams. Yes. Every, I think sports are very important for kids. Um, it promotes team building. And it promotes 
of self-confidence or promote just skills, mm -hmm. motor skill, everything. They promote so much that you can use, you literally can use the rest of your life. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in them as well. Yeah. yeah I remember to you very much. Okay. So how old were you when you came out to California? 23. I graduated college at 22 and then lived at home for a year, saved up money and then made the move. Okay. So here, so you're in Los Angeles. You're in Los Angeles. Um, are, are casting people seeing you? What, how are they seeing you? That's what are they seeing you as Amerasian? Are they seeing you as just you? How are they seeing you? At the time or at the time or today? At the time, at the time. How are they seeing you? At the time for, I think the only reason I got signed with an agent out here at the time was because Twilight was a huge film and I looked kind of like Taylor Lautner. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. And one, and one of my first auditions was for one of the sequels. It was like the Breaking Dawn. I don't know. I don't, I think it was the part one or part two, one of the two okay. around 2013. Yeah. Um, and I think my agent just thought maybe he's, he can't act worth a crap, but maybe he looks good enough to be a, a werewolf, you know? <laughs> and uh, I thought I was going to book that job and I thought I had it in the bag. <laughs> and I, I have that audition tape because, um, I look back on it and it's, it's so horrendous, um, <laughs> but I think it was a, it was a, a, a perfect case of ignorance is bliss. And if I would have known how bad and unprepared I was, I never would have stuck it out. And my, and my agent, um, I'm still with them today. Oh, well, okay. Uh, Go on agent. Yeah. So, cause yeah, I mean, I, I have so much respect and I feel like I owe them a lot for believing in me at that time. Um, and then just writing this, this slow growth of uh, a career you know yeah. yeah but at the time i don't know i think i don't know what they viewed me as um and i really i think i was just blind to you know those i probably could have been in touch with to market myself. i was just just had to work in this industry really you're like i'm here i'll take where i can get this is why I'm excited to be here. I'm in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. I was blinded by the light. I was, I was, I was like, I'm never leaving this town. There's nothing else I ever want to do. Nothing else makes me happy. And that, and that's why I wasn't working either. It was because I was so desperate and uh, I wasn't putting in the work to like hone my craft and truly connect with people and truly get into a room, an audition room, which is different now because we do all zoom. We all do, you know, it's self tapes and stuff, but Usually, like I used to go into the room just wanting the job so bad, and I'm sure they sensed it. And uh, the first, the first four years of my career were really about learning about myself and figuring out why I was going into the room anxious and why I wasn't booking the job. And it was because I had my heart in the wrong place, and I wasn't really putting in the work to serve that project and understanding that I was a bad fit. I was just wanting to be on the CW. <laughs> <laughs> which i can see you on there now that was most uh, of my auditions too was most of the cw well, I'm stuff sure, yeah i'm sure yeah. Well, i'm yeah. sure right no that's, that's very cool i mean I, I love how honest you are because that's something that we all are young youth you know youngest youth, youth is way from the young that whole thing we all make you know roll around make mistakes here and there but but it's, it sounds like you have learned from them at least thank god you're like i can't do that anymore um, I got you. So you, it's like you walked away with some valuable lessons in terms of the whole audition process, presenting yourself, networking, right? All those things. You learned all those things, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, just being in L.A. really changed my life. I think it wasn't until my mid-20s when I really became uh, self-reflective and truly worked myself as an individual. Um, because I know there are people in the industry and I'm friends with, I have some friends that are incredible performers and extremely dynamic when they are on stage or are in front of a camera, but they're missing a part of their life that, um, that is, they're unfulfilled in certain, certain ways. And you could have a career, but the trade-off is you're probably, you're just missing something. You're just, you're not truly happy. And I wasn't finding success booking work. And I was starting to figure out, um, why that was and most of it was because i just needed to develop myself yeah. and over the last few years is when i really started getting traction when i actually got serious and mature and reprioritized and i think a lot of that has to do with um my marriage and um, our daughter yeah and focus yeah you, you found focus i mean right 
I mean, it's like, it sounds very like that should happen that way. When you're focused and you do the work, then good stuff comes your direction. Yes, yes. I mean, that's kind of how that's supposed to work. Um, what was the first big, what was the first big thing, I'm putting in quotes, for you that you, you remember you booked? The thing that comes to mind would be a national McDonald's commercial. Ooh, okay. Um, it was the high, it was actually the start of, it was the launch of the all day breakfast campaign. Yes. And so I spent like one hour on set eating pancakes <laughs> and that job paid more than all of my other gigs combined for the year. Woo! So it was a great paycheck. And that's when I really felt that, that was like the first year that I could support myself acting. So that was significant. The other thing that comes to mind with like exercising acting chops would be uh, a guest star that I had on Criminal Minds. Ooh. I played this cocky uh, jerk who was the main suspect in this string of crimes that was happening. Um, and it really helped me lean into this side of me that I try to uh, obviously it was like he was like kind of a bully. He was just a he was a very uh, selfish, uh, unkind boyfriend who was it was kind of the the height of like being a streamer. And he was the all about being flashy and, and being a bit louder than he probably should have been. You know, <laughs> criminal mind. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, they have a fan base. OK, so now we're going to lead to so you're you do your thing. So how did General Hospital or the soap opera world, was it the first soap opera you had auditioned for? I've auditioned for Days of Our Lives a couple of times over the years. Okay. Um, but I knew I wasn't right for those roles. It was, I was probably 25 or 26 at the time, and they were written for somebody who seemed to be like mid-30s. And I just okay. really read much younger too. Um, but this was the first, it was one of those rare roles that I read the breakdown for the audition and i was like oh man this guy is me to a t um everything that was written about him kind of just fit my persona and it was this uh, freshly out of college and he was all it was written he said by the book and um loved his job love loved people and doing what was right and it was kind of all these like those qualities that I was trying to embody at this stage in my life, you know. Um, so I knew I had a I felt like I had a good chance with the part. Yeah. Mean, it started with right, right, right. Okay, go ahead. It, it started it started with a self tape and that I happened to do in wow. Iowa. Okay. Um, felt strong with it and then it turned into callbacks here in LA. Yeah, just that's my question. Uh, are, did you meet with Mark Teshner, my buddy? Meet with him? I did. Mark is an incredible guy. Oh, yes. Actually, I've read with I, I and I had read with Mark in the past. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, being in the uh, the callback in the producer session with him, you you got to realize how warm and how um, supportive he is of actors, and yes. uh, he's one of the rarities in LA. He's so I so appreciate him and his oh, team. So do I. No, he's he's a great guy, and he does love actors. He loves actors. Um, that's a, that, that you can tell that when it comes to casting, I'm sure you've gone to castings and yes, and yeah. and for the most part, I have had mostly pleasant experiences with casting offices, and I understand that they have a very difficult job, and um, yeah. it's not personal for the most part. But Mark and Lisa have done, uh, you just there's just something special about them, as you know. Yeah, they are. There is. I I completely agree. Okay, so what did they tell you? Well, the breakdown by the book. We don't realize we didn't see his family or anything, but did they tell you anything else when you started? Just no, here you go. Here's your sides. We'll see you on this day. Or did they tell you any anything more? Or no, it was like it was so much was in the dark, and that's also what scared me about signing a contract because I'm I'm used to, uh, you know, working on a guest star project, and you have kind of the arc of the character, and you know what's exactly going to happen in that episode, and you perform it, and they like the way that you did it. And so that's kind of how you plan to do it on the day. And of course, with some redirects and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I had no idea what to expect. And I was completely naive to a romantic uh, relationship at all with my guy. But I should have known, you know, hindsight is like, oh, everybody's in some type of mess on a soap opera. Yes. So I discovered that quickly. Like, I think on day two is when I discovered like, like, oh, I think he might be into this uh, cute girl that's in the, uh, the interrogation room. I'm like, you know, I started to put it together. That's so funny. Because who don't understand that people at home, lots of times actors get their, get their scripts, 
And it's along the way. They don't start, they don't always sit down with actors and say, okay, for the next six months, you know, it's just, and twists and turns can happen on the next script. And you're like, oh, I got to act that now, right? Yes, it's, it's, yes. It's that way, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and, and it seems like the nature of uh, daytime soaps is, I think the variables are constantly changing as well. And I'm guessing they're rewriting it as they go. And maybe what they had in mind initially changed for, for a variety of reasons. Um, and that was one of the challenges was making choices for your character, but also um, not truly knowing his yeah. intention, you know, so you kind of just try to make it your own and and do your best with making it interesting and stuff. But my guy was also kind of dry, which he was written to be. And I kind of leaned into that because I thought I also thought it would be he'd be somebody on the canvas that was different than all the other uh, dynamic people who had. uh skeletons in the closet you know i really wanted him to be somebody like true till the day he died in some regards he was yeah, yeah he was because people had all kinds of theories about what he could be this but then they killed you off we'll get to right. that in a second of course but i want to first say you brought the beginning so you came on like gangbusters it was like i remember the internet just broke the internet the internet was broken it was just like who's this cute guy and he handed that that can of soda to right. katrina How'd you respond to that? Because now you're on a show that's very popular, um, especially on social media. How did you respond to it? Because like you said, you were, you were assuming you were reading, I think romance is coming, but at that point, no romance was there yet. It was just kind of like, here's your entrance. Yes. I was naive on how passionate the fan base is. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I truly, like, I don't think there's a more passionate fan base than like daytime soap operas. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, they are so invested in the storylines and they have uh, so much insight. And that's what I, I, I found myself reading comments. And I was like, oh, I think I could learn from these because they have they know so much of the backstory that I hadn't been exposed to yet. And they had so many predictions that I would happen to find out were true. Yeah. But then... The more you read into it, you find out there's also tons of theories and speculations and uh, reading some of that stuff didn't always serve the performance because you never knew where the, the direction the writers were going anyways. Um, but I had, I, had, I had fun engaging and reading and um, uh, having conversations with fans, but... I also felt like it didn't always serve my performance. So I, I think I, if I could do it over, I think I would have taken a step back and just tried to focus on my own work versus what other people were saying about the show and about the character. You know, it's, it, no, it's, you know, cause at first I said you came on um, and there was this, there were a non-couple at the time. They weren't, and they weren't, they weren't really were a couple yet. Well, still, they're still getting there, but they weren't even there a couple yet, but there was this whole excitement of a new person coming in. Mm. And, you know, how excited of that. And then who is he related to? Is he related to somebody on the can? Like you said, all those theories. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And was, you know, I just remember the internet, was just, they were just all over it. Um, and so I always, I always wondered if the actors actually look at that stuff when they first come on to kind of see what is the audience kind of thinking? Yes. Yeah, I, you did. Yeah. I, no, honestly, yeah, I definitely did. Um, because it was just a new thing for my family and stuff, too. And for oh, yeah. the first time, you had relatively significant amount of people talking about you and uh that had some excitement but i also had some anxiety to it and it was just it was just an odd experience um but like i said if i could do it all over again i would engage as much as i can to show gratitude to people but at the same time just put more focus on 
making the character my own instead of trying to figure out their speculations and how they thought my character might fit into the world. I think I could have, uh, I don't know, served Rory in a different way if I would have approached it in that aspect. Yeah. Um, also, social media. As I, I mentioned that, I've gotten in trouble a couple of times on social media myself, y'all do. Um, how do you navigate it now? How do you now? How do you navigate social media now in, in terms of your work or even sharing personal stuff? Yeah. Um, I think now my whole mantra in life is just to serve people. And before I send out a tweet or anything on Instagram, I I try to be conscious of if it's doing good. I think back in the day, I think I like to stir the pot. Um, me too. Yeah, me too. You know, I back in the day, now I try to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I think in the past, I was just spouting good, bad, provocative um, jokes. And I don't think it usually served people. I think it just riled people up. It was um, misleading. It was sometimes hurtful. Um, my heart was just in the wrong place. And so now I just try to be a better example. And I, I do truly try to use social media to connect with people now, as opposed to being just strictly entertaining and shocking. Um, you know, as, as I get older, I just, I don't care so much about people uh, approving you or liking you, but it's about um, just doing what is right, you know, do, being a good person. I feel the same way. I, I just, I changed my tone of my tweets and uh, over the last year or so, just kind of go, okay, well, I want to put stuff out that's intentional that actually has something to say that's going to be really, that's going to, the fans are important. We wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for any kind of fan watching your work. Yes. Uh, and I know how important that is. So you can make some really good connections with people. I know it's online, people go there, but no, it's like there's some real great connections online. Yes. And even, and even if uh, you have strong convictions, whether it be, uh, religious or politics, social media is just a very difficult, maybe impossible way to truly uh, learn about someone else's perspective and connect and uh, share what you think is right. And so now I just try to have those conversations in person, um, face to face, then you can actually get to the nuances of uh, what people believe. And um, the older I get, the more I am also just cynical towards um, religion and politics. Like I'm a very, uh, spiritual person. I'm a follower of Jesus. And so that's truly my perspective, but it's not so religious based and it's not so, um, I'm right. You're wrong. It is truly trying to seek first to understand. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I try to be way less divisive and I really care less about how you represent yourself or what you believe in. I'm just, you know, uh, we, we can connect regardless of that. Yeah, good. Now, while you were doing the show, you mentioned how was the soap opera pacing for you? It's very oh, gosh. different than anywhere else. Yeah, and people had always told me it's so fast. My manager was like, it's going to be quick, but I still wasn't prepared for it. Um, character wasn't even in, I mean, he was he was not even that heavily involved, but it still took a lot of practical work from me week to week. Um, I was having, I would have nightmares and dreams about showing up on set and not knowing my lines. <laughs> I, so I uh, I had to battle that stuff mentally, um, and yeah, you just I felt like it took me five or six months to even just get used to how quick they work on the the set itself. Oh, There's yeah. not a whole lot of time for uh, conversation in between takes, and you don't have a whole lot of time to connect with the cast and crew. At least I didn't feel like because I was still worried about getting my lines and making sure I was off book and. Yeah. Um, but in that regard, it was really good for working on things outside of daytime because, uh, it's such a, an acting workshop, you know, because yeah. there's not many things that work that quickly. Yeah. What was I working with Miss Tabiana Ali? What was I working with her? We, I love her. She's amazing. Oh, she's incredible. And, and she's such an old soul too. Um, she's so, we had, she's obviously I worked with her the most and we did find times to have really cool conversations um, when we worked together. Um, and just being from Texas, we have a lot of, I don't know, family values and she's so down to earth. Um, yes. Yeah. She's a, a wonderful person. Yeah. People know she's, she's all into writing and all kinds of, she has a whole other world folks that she does. Yes. An yes. incredible children's book that she wrote. And she has yeah. another one on the way. Yes. We yeah. have that for our daughter. Yeah. 
So how was I'm not going to do the, the fan thing. How are the how is it kissing? I was like, but how was it um, transitioning for you? As you said, for an actor earlier, into something romantic on screen. This was also the first experience um, having to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it's and all I, critical, and if people it's not as glamorous as everybody thinks it is, but I'm just curious for you how you were able to navigate that. Yeah, we, uh, Tabby and I were very professional and maybe more pragmatic than m most people. Uh, we kind of like discussed it ahead of time, and we were always asking the director like how they how they saw the scene. Um, so we kind of deferred it to them. I think they probably preferred that, that we just took it our own direction and made it our own, but we were both new on the show and we were both, were just also getting our footing that we, we kind of just, I think naturally deferred it to somebody else and went as far as they wanted it to. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, and it was just, it was odd. It was different because I had, <laughs> I'd never had to do anything like that before. Um, and so how did, so how did your wife take it? It was great for our relationship because it forced us to have conversations that we had never had to have before. Yeah. Um, and it made me, if she had any insecurities about um, Tabby and I's work, I totally understood that from her. Maybe it took me a while to get there, but um, it made me lean into making sure that she felt heard and understood. And um, a cool thing about all that um, situation as well is that Tabby and, and my wife had conversations as well to make sure that they respected each other and Tabby was extremely professional making sure that she honored my wife's wishes and um, it was special for when they got to meet for the first time in person because my wife um, expressed her gratitude to Tabby and just um, I think being in a romantic relationship on the show I was grateful to have worked with Tabby because of just her approach and making it easier on my wife and stuff because my wife is completely disconnected from the entertainment industry, right. Right. you know, and um, it's a new experience to her. And so to have uh, the the grace and professionalism of Tabby really made our lives easier. And so I, I definitely am appreciative of that. Oh, that's a little bit. She's great. I met her mom and Tabby's mom is great. So she comes from good family. So, right. We love that. We love that. That's very good. Um, working with Dominic Sopronia too. I guess I was thinking you have him. You had uh, Hungry who played Jordan. I'm like, you played Tanisha, yeah. You're part of the police force. So yep. it was like working with them. Yeah, because you have to develop a little kind of shorthand, I'm sure. Too. Yeah, yeah. Love Tanisha. We worked a lot together and we have um, great conversation, Very a lot of similarities. And she's always showing love to my baby on, baby on Instagram. So uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and she was new on the show as well. So we kind of had had a lot of uh, bonding experience talking about the pros and cons and the challenges of working on the show for the first time. And so we bonded over that. And then Dom is just, uh, he's so natural and uninhibited on set where there were so many qualities I admired. He just seemed so um, relaxed and his personality always shined in between takes. And he's always the one cracking jokes and being lighthearted and giving people crap and stuff very much um, in, in a way that I wish I had, I had got there, but I think it's from his years of experience yeah. and uh, he's a, a true pro, but I had uh, a great time working with both of them. I love it. Okay. So they decided to go kill you, make you part of the hook killers, victims. So how were you told? I think if I remember correctly, it was, it's always, it seemed like everything was usually heard through the grapevine where I think a producer <laughs> told, you know, Teshner and then Teshner relayed it to my manager, Ryan, who's a good friend of um, Mark as well. And then, and then Ryan will call me and, and give me the news. Um, I think it's like, in, like any of the storylines, it's like only two or three weeks in advance. Yeah. And, um, but I kind of knew that it was headed in that direction. There was, I figured something big was going to happen with my guy. Either he was going to uh, be the killer or be killed. Just people, people would think there were, there were some theories. Yes, yes, and I and I think that the writers kind of leaned into to making it obscure like that as well. Um, but yeah. So you find out. What were your first? What were your first thoughts? What were your thoughts like? Okay, a job's about to end. Or were you like? What was it? What was it? What were you thinking? Do you remember? I was surprised. Um. I thought that he would stay around a bit longer. 
but I kind of, I, I thought it made sense. Um, I thought something major had to happen with his, his storyline because there was not a whole lot of backstory that ended up getting developed. I thought they started to go down a certain route with kind of talking about his family and, and giving more about his past, but it never really got there. So I never was truly that shocked. Yeah. And I tried to, I tried to, um, keep that perspective with, um, signing the contract as well, because being low on the totem pole, not having more power than ABC. Yeah. I, I always knew that, um, I was committed to them and they were never committed to me for a certain amount of time. So yeah. Yeah. I just, I just embraced it. So playing dead. How is that? So it's another, it's another big acting milestone thing to, to play someone who's dying dead. How was that for you? I wanted to do it justice, but again, I had never, <laughs> I had never done that. Well, actually, I've, I think I've played it a couple of times in the past, but I just knew I was probably going to get one or two takes on this show. And um, I just wanted it to serve the scene. Um, and it, it was so quick that I didn't even have time to think. I think I just, I didn't even rehearse it too because I wanted it to be spontaneous. And, um, you know, I, I read through the scenes and stuff leading up to it, but I really wanted to just trust my instincts and uh, just do my best on the day to make it as organic as possible. Yes. But you had Tabby right there. You had some of the other actors. They were all, they were all right there with you. As yes. You and actually the biggest challenge on the day was making sure the blood wasn't, the fake blood wasn't too big of a mess on like the sets and on the floor and stuff. And I just remember it was a big, a conundrum on like if the prop people should clean up the blood or if the wardrobe is like now it's on here and it's on the couch. And it was like, you know, it's always easy for me to get caught up in my performance, but on shows like that, there are just so many other variables at play that are maybe even more important to some regard, you know? Um, and it, it's such a, there's so many cogs to make this machine work. Yeah. We had a good, we had, us fans had a good laugh at first. Cause we're like, Okay, so you you got overpowered, but then there's this guy laying on like where'd he come from? Like you laid on the ground. They were concerned about you because I mean, obviously you were dying. Yes. But yes. Like they're like, we're like this little guy in there too. Like where'd he come? Like it's just we had a good laugh. It, I mean, it was pretty poor police work all around, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it wasn't too sharp of a, a crime yeah. scene. Let's be real. Like a chick got took you over, just took you over. And I was there, yeah, like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, both yeah. you guys took both of you guys out. I, like, I got a shot off, I don't know where it went. I was pointing it at, yeah, you know, yeah, because you did. You, you're right, I thought that just now. So you said, down. there was a shot that, yeah, where, where, where'd it go? Yeah, yeah, a lot of questions. <laughs> okay, so you off that. So now, meanwhile, back at the ranch, we're like sitting there, we're going, wait a minute, um. That guy looks familiar in this big, gigantic movie that everybody was anticipating, and that was Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Talk about how you became part of that, and now you're part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, again, it was just, it started off with a self-tape in Iowa over the summer, and um, I thought it was a long shot. It was one of those that I did. I'm never going to hear from him again. I don't think I'm right. I don't think I'm right for the role and turned into a direct booking off of the tape wow. uh and that was that was the experience of kind of what i envisioned uh, a hollywood job was like and that it was very much the stereotypes of what you'd think a set would be and so it was uh an incredible time of getting taken care of and having a huge amount of money on a production and having a nice trailer and having incredible uh uh craft service um but so when the productions are better the craft services are better too. yeah yeah and it's like yeah. i don't even need those things but it was very much like wow this is a a cool job it was a, a really surreal experience um and most of the scenes did get cut but i am very grateful to be a part of such a huge franchise and being able to work with the talents of ryan coogler was was a pretty incredible he's like the most even on being such a, an enormous project like that he was so like so chill and so like calm and collected where i was like terrified and i had like tiny a tiny portion of the film yes and he was in charge of every aspect of it um my respect for him has grown immensely and it, his talent was very evident 
So tell folks who you play. So they know. I mean, we're, we're talking. We know, but tell folks who have not seen who you play. Yeah, I play a character named Henderson. He is um, the lead mining technician of the vibranium. So he, you could say he's a. Uh, you could say that they are, um, really not there to to do well to the Wakandans. Um, they're kind of there for their own personal gain, and you don't see much of my guy, but. He's kind of in charge of the entire operation and in charge of the uh, mining of the ship and uh, the divers to try and locate this substance. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's where I go. I said, like we saw him, like it's him. That's kind of fun. I'm, I'm oh. glad you didn't. You must not have blinked because it was quick. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but see, <laughs> go back to soap fans. Soap fans notice everything anywhere, and we see we see somebody from the soaps. Sure. Yeah, there was two seconds. They're like, he's a Marcel. She's Marcel. <laughs> They'll know it. They, I respect they, that. They will. They will know it. Um, very much. Very much so. Um, so he was telling me earlier. So he has. He has a daughter. He has a, a son on the way. Correct. Correct. Right, right. So congratulations and a march. So coming up soon. How is mother doing at the moment? She's a trooper. Um, the very the early stages of pregnancy, but with our daughter and with our son as well usually take a toll on her. She has a lot of uh, morning sickness, but now she's just kind of in the uncomfortable stage and she's um, has having the back issues um, and she's ready to deliver. (laughs) (laughs) And her nose, her nose is like super insane right now where she has this super keen sense of smell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's That's crazy. But she, but she's an incredible mother and yeah, that's, I think I told you earlier, uh, marriage was the best decision of my life. And then having our child was the, the next best decision. So I'm super grateful. So what is next for, for Michael? What's next? Michael Blake Cruz, what's next for you? What do you, anything you're working on, auditioning? Like what, what's next for you? Yeah, I'm really trying to, auditions are such a rat race. Yeah. I'm really trying to be more mindful and just choose things that I, feel like our projects that will serve people and our stories to get behind. Um, right early when I moved in LA, I said no to nothing and said yes to yes of everything. I'll do it. I'll try it. Um, yeah, I'm right for it. But now I just kind of want to develop my own projects and writer friends and producer friends that kind of got their start at the same time I did where they're moving up in their careers as well. So we're developing our own things. Um, there's this, I, I grew up wrestling and there's this high school wrestling project that um, I helped develop. I really want to get that off the ground. Um, I play a, a coach in that. Um, there's also a show on Netflix right now called Thai Cave Rescue. It's an oh. incredible, it's a, an incredible true story about that incident in um, Thailand regarding. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. okay, yeah. So there's a couple projects regarding that. There's a film and then the series and I voiced uh, Coach Eck for the dubbing of it. Okay. And I, I, I just want to recommend that because this is an incredible story of true yeah. heroism and some incredible people. Yeah. Um, and that's on Netflix right now. Um, and then I recently did a spokesperson role for a project in Iowa. So I got to, oh, okay. got to honor the Midwest a bit. But really, I think my priority is just getting the family back to the Midwest. That's kind of, that was kind of our goal over the last couple of years. And General Hospital uh, gratefully threw a wrench into those plans. But yeah, with one daughter and another one on the way, another child on the way, uh, we really miss our family and friends and having those resources to surround our, our family with. And it makes our life so much easier. And I get so much more sleep and I get some more work done when I have uh, grand- grandfathers and, and, and grandmothers yes. that are just always there to help. So that's kind of what we're working to do. Yeah. I, I feel like nowadays, I want to go at home, there are a lot of people who don't live in Hollywood, Los Angeles, and they work. Um, and because productions now film in other parts of the country, they're filming in Pittsburgh, they're filming in Chicago, Atlanta, you know, North Carolina, you know, Tennessee, in LA, they're filming like, so you literally could go on call somewhere and go, okay, I'll be back for, I'll be back in a week or a couple of weeks and do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as terrible as the pandemic was, um, the silver lining was that for people like us, yeah, you can work remotely and you can travel and you can audition from anywhere. 
And that's been the biggest blessing for my career because I'm not that great going into, I, I've, I'm not that great going into to rooms, meeting a bunch of strangers and, and doing my best job. It's, it's an imperfect process and it usually doesn't bring out the best performance. Some people knock it out of the park, but I kind of like to workshop it a few times and, and, you know, I have much better, uh, tapes get sent out when I'm doing it for 30 minutes in the kitchen with my wife, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the plan is live in the Midwest and, and work out of there for a while. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. You can totally do it folks. I mean, people are doing it all the time. Um, that's why, that's why I love it. You know, like the pandemic changed everything, but in some ways for the, I would say for the better, but also for the broader, it's like you said, change things for it. Just I mean, it makes things more options are now happening. Yeah. It, it shook things up and people realized that they could, they could still have the same positive outcomes by just doing things a little differently. I think it's exactly. probably saving people money and saving people time. And why, why would you change that now? Yes, I agree with that. Michael Blake Cruz, thanks for being on the show. You, you've done, you've, this, was, this was wonderful. So thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it, James. And I, it's cool to find out how much we actually have in common. So it's a pleasure. I know, that's, yeah, crazy, crazy talk. That's, like I said, things were not planned. It's like, it's kind of kind of kismet. It kind of happened. And you need to let you need to let me know if that that peanut butter passes your your taste I, test. I'm going. I know seriously. I'm going to Costco after this with somebody. We're gonna. I'm gonna get the peanut butter. I'm gonna check yeah. it out. I'm gonna check it out. The Kirk member. I'm gonna check it out. Because like literally, I'm almost done with my my Skippy. It's almost done. Got it. Um, I have Jif too. Sometimes I have a couple of them. But I was like, I love trying. I love trying peanut butter. Yeah. I do. I and and be honest. If you don't like it, that's cool too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll text. I'll, be, I'll tell you. I didn't like it, Michael. It was nasty. No, okay. I'll give you my address and you can mail it to me. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, where can they find you if they want to follow you? Actually, throw them on social media if they're going to follow you. Social media. Uh, if you search Michael Blake Cruz, Cruz with a K, I always tell people that uh, you could find me. And then my wife and I are going to ramp up our uh, the cruises podcast on YouTube as well. So we'll get back into that. Okay. Yes. So you gotta look him up. I'll put some stuff in the in the description so you can go to him cool. and follow him. But it is cruise with a K. Yep. Not cruise with a C. So like, it's not like Tom. It's Michael Blake. I'm not right. that cool. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I'm not that cool either. I'm like Tom. <laughs> right? He's a little older than I, but he's he's doing great. Uh, folks, thanks for watching our show. Of course, uh, if you have any comments or questions, put them down below. We like to hear from you at home. Make sure you share this with everybody you know. Uh, hi to all the GH fans out there who support my show all these years. We're going on eight years doing the show. So thank you so much. And to my my regular co-host, my other show, um, Frank Moran, I say hello to him. But we'll be back with more interviews, more shows coming in the future. Thank you so much. I'm James Lott Jr. We'll see you next time.